Downloads of this show are available on Podomatic.com and the Podomatic mobile app. How's it going, everybody? It's Wednesday, so that means it's time for the Famous Dead People podcast, the only podcast that resurrects famous people from the grave and asks them all the hard questions. I'm your host, Jarrett Berenstein, and we've got a great show for you today. Today we've got the author of Breakfast at Tiffany's and In Cold Blood, Truman Capote, and Selena Perez, the queen of Tejano music, Bitty Bitty Bum Bum. The woman who the movie Selena starring Jennifer Lopez was based on. Uh, a couple of quick announcements before we get to the episode proper. Don't forget that you only got a couple of more opportunities to see my improv team, Junior Varsity. If you are listening to this in 2019 and it is January, you got to come out. We're every Thursday, January 2019, 7 p.m. at the Magnet Theater. And then we're done. Then we're retired. So these are your last opportunities to come check us out. Uh, don't forget, you can always check out the freshest episodes of Famous Dead People every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. Email us at famousdeadpeople at radiofreebrooklyn.org. Buy my book, The Kellyanne Conway Technique. Rate and review the podcast. Tell your friends. Leave a comment. And, of course, you can always check out my stuff at jarrettberenstein.com. But for now, sit back, relax, and enjoy Selena Perez and Truman Capote only on Famous Dead People. Famous Dead People. It's time. Time to start the show. Famous dead people. People you know. Famous dead people. Famous dead people. The story stuck in the head. My guests today on Famous Dead People are 20th century singer, songwriter, and actress known by many as the queen of Tejano music, Selena Quintilla Perez. Hello, Jared. Don't worry about getting my name wrong. I will get it wrong every time, probably. I love it. And American novelist and short story writer famous for works such as Breakfast at Tiffany's and the true crime novel In Cold Blood, Truman uh, Kapot Kipoot. Capote. Thank you for, for getting his Truman name wrong. Truman Capote. Capote. Yes, Sorry. Thank you so much uh, for You guys both me. have such hard to pronounce names. Thank you for okay. doing that as uh, a sign of solidarity, Jared. <laughs> Mr. Capote, Ms. Perez, thank you so much for joining us here on Famous Dead People. Thank you, yes, thank you yes, for having me. Thank you so much so for happy. having me, Jared. Uh, let's uh, start off with uh, Truman Capote, okay. if I may. So you were a prodigy of the written word. You taught yourself to read and to write. Uh, according to the Wikipedia, you decided very young that you were going to be a professional writer. Uh, but just based on what I know about your life, it seems like you you exact, you exact you loved being a socialite as much as you loved being a writer. And so I'm wondering, when you were young, did you were you actually in love with writing or did you th- see writing even at that young age as a way to maybe work your way into celebrity and work your way into high society? Well, my first love was being a jock. Was being a jock? Yes, I was a huge jock as a child. Ooh. This is nowhere on your Wikipedia, Truman Capote. Well, yes, it's very unknown. Mm-hmm. But uh, I was a jock. I did baseball and soccer and mm-hmm. football. I was okay. the best in all of them. Oh, wow. So that was my first love. Mm-hmm. Yes, writing was always, you know, second best. Gotcha. But so- I did love to talk to people. Okay, I have to imagine that um, that something happened to eventually steer you away from a future as an athlete where I'm sure you would just be chugging beers and going to frat parties. Did you ever pick on the nerds, Truman Capote? <laughs> no, I was very, very open-minded and, and nice. Ooh, uh, a progressive. A progressive jock, A progressive jock. You don't see a lot Much of Much like yourself. Yeah. I'm, I'm a progressive jock. Yeah, that's what I hear, Jerry. Wow, that is probably the Were nicest not? thing. that. Anyone... Were you on the ultimate Frisbee team, I was Jared? not on the ultimate Ooh. Frisbee team. I was not really a sports guy growing up. I was oh, more... No. I was in the theater department. What a loser. Oh, no. <laughs> kind of a loser. Did you pick on the lesser actor kids? Mm, um, I don't think I did, but Truman Capote, where was that sure. progressive open-mindedness just now? You just threw a little bully at oh, me. Oh, I'm sorry. It's the jock in me. I it, see. It, it did rub off a bit. That, that's gotcha. what drew me out of sports. Yeah. Tell me, yeah. tell me about, like, I think every jock has, like, their story of the big game where they won mm-hmm. the, yeah. you know, the they, they, they caught the, the ball and they hit the 
end zone and everyone was chanting their name. Did yes. you have anything like that, Truman Capote, when you were in high school? Yes, I often hit the end zone. Oh, wow. Um, there was a big game between us and the Bulldogs. The Bulldogs? Oh, those, those bastard Bulldogs. This they, was your high school rivals, right. of course. Oh, of course. Yeah. The, the bastard Bulldogs. And we were down by seven points. Oh, so wow. we had to square. Which, which sport was this, by the way? Uh, this was football. Football, okay. My, my best sport. Gotcha. So one touchdown. You guys are down by one touchdown. One touchdown. Gotcha. Yes. And uh, the, well, the play was called the Capote. It was called the Capote. Ooh, they, did, they were going to pull a Capote. Yes, it was a secret weapon. Mm. I was so fast and uh, so strong. Yeah. So I ran into the end zone and was blocked, but I just caught the ball. It was the best thing that ever happened to me. Wow. I know. What and a story. What was the celebration like then afterwards? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. They put me on their shoulders. They ripped off my clothes. Oh, wow. Oh, yes, yes. go on. <laughs> it was just unbelievable. <laughs> and that's, you know, I really found myself. They ripped off all your clothes? They ripped them all off. We so were we very close football team. We so they're they, they're hoisting you up on their shoulders. You think Truman Capote. 100% naked oh, Truman well, Capote. Yes, yes, it was a little embarrassing at first, but mm. everyone just celebrated. And I was like, okay, mm -hmm. I'll go with it. Did you go a little crazy at the after party then? Because oh. you were so hyped up from the wind? Well, that wasn't anything new. <laughs> I was always a little crazy at the parties. Did you have sex with the cheerleaders? Ooh, yeah, the head shooter, uh, maybe. No, I wasn't really interested in them. Mm, I know. See, you know gotcha. I don't know. It just wasn't my type of woman. You know, you were a different yes. kind of jock. I was very different, different but everyone loved it. I was yes. celebrated. Mm -hmm. Very progressive. So then what was the moment where yes. you made your switch then from athletics to the written word? Well... <sighs> I liked being celebrated, but I didn't love having my clothes ripped off and all the adulation. I kind of liked <laughs> having some alone it. time. And with writing, I could do that alone. It would be celebrated later. Mm, you know, I see. I, I, my clothes are nice. I don't want them ripped apart. Yeah, so you just, your people were just tearing your clothes off left and right. All the time. Right. I, all the time. And that it was became, a sports thing specifically. Well, it started that way. Yeah, yeah. But then they started just doing it all the time because... I, they thought I loved it so much. I see. And they were kind of right. This would make sense because, like, I know at my uh, high school and my uh -huh. college, uh -huh. this was not a tradition to oh. rip the clothes off. To rip the clothes? Rip every shred of clothes oh, I guess off it was of just my school. the MVP. At, yeah. at any... Mine was, but it was for the losers, Cherry. Oh, the losers. Yes, Ooh. the losers in Tijuana would always get their <laughs> clothes ripped up and and asked to leave town immediately. And, oh, but me. it was more extreme, I think, than uh, the American high school. Schools. Mm. We had rivalries, but we would sacrifice pigs and hang them, and <laughs> oh we would my. sneak into their schools and hang pigs in their in the you know the main lobby of their mm -hmm. schools Holy the day monkey. the day of a game to give them a scare. And sometimes the teams would not even show up, at Jared, because they were so scared. They were so terrified. Oh, they were some so good scared. tactics. But we found them. <laughs> but we found them. Yikes. But I was. But I played volleyball. You, you oh, did volleyball. I okay. played volleyball. Mm. Um, all the prettiest girls play volleyball. I don't know of about course. you guys, but I feel Volley like you don't even have to be good at I played volleyball. volleyball. You, just, you really played is. volleyball? Yes, I did. I oh, love volleyball. We have volleyball. that in common. And it was, and because I, I did it because I was the prettiest girl in school, mm -hmm. and all of the pretty <laughs> girls, and all of the pretty girls played volleyball instead. The pretty girls did not go to to cheerleading, mm -hmm. and they didn't, uh, they didn't do uh, the ultimate frisbee, and they, they pretty much all went to in uh, volleyball. Well, this is what it was like in my high yeah. school. And soccer, Jared. And soccer also. Yes. Uh, yeah, in my high school, the volleyball team, they there were no rules to volleyball. There were oh. no there was no referee or anything. It was basically just like a big fashion show. Anarchy. You mm -hmm. know? Yeah, it was just we put the most attractive people in the school on the volleyball team. Oh, okay. And then, you know, right. they'd toss the ball around. They'd make up some points at the end, you know, and like whoever won or who, whoever lost... We all enjoyed looking at these really attractive people. That's as far as I know. That's what the sport of volleyball is, yes, right? Yes, More yes. or less, <laughs> but, More but or less. To get back to the Mas point, mm -hmm. I, I stopped playing football because I, I also didn't like all the jostling and getting all the tackled. Jostling. It hurt my head. It hurt mm -hmm. my hip. Yeah, I didn't like being jostled. And you were so good at though, you know. Being it really is such a shame. It is a shame. Uh, let's move over to uh, Selena for just a moment. Uh, so you. You are one of the most celebrated uh, Mexican-American entertainers of all time. Gracias. Of course, despite having your life tragically cut short Gracias. at the age of 23. Mm. Gracias. Um, you did start your career very early, though. Um, yes, I, read, I did. I read on your Wikipedia. Nine nueve. <laughs> Nine nueve years old. Nueve años. 
Uh, so nine years old, you're playing in a band at your father's mm-hmm. restaurant, si. uh, which I read on the Wikipedia was named Papageos. 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 The best. The um, best. Now, what was the reaction? Uh, so people are eating at your father's restaurant, Papageos, mm, yes. and they look over and they see a no. band of basically like all children uh-huh. playing for which, them. Which were Los Lonely Boys. Uh, Los Lonely which Boys. Which turned into Los Lonely Boys. What do you mean? Later in- Lo- Los Lonely Boys. You, you remember, Jared, how far yes, from yes, heaven yes, yes. I, I love that song. Long. You know Los Lonely Boys? I don't it was the, the number one song in, a, in the is, planet Earth. Is that a song or is that a band, Los Lonely Los Boys? Los Lonely Boys <laughs> was a band. Yeah, yeah, uh, a band. And they, gotcha. when my first band at my father's restaurant mm-hmm. uh, was uh, was the Los Lonely Boys. They, they uh, After, you know, they played for me, they broke up and became Los Lonely Boys and then went away and then came back and made Desposito. Wait, so oh. you were a part of this band, which uh-huh. I read on the Wikipedia was named... Uh, Selino y los Dinos, which is mm-hmm. like Selena and the boys, right? You oh. know, and so then you, uh, you decided to go. But when a, I left, it became so lonely. It became Jerry. the lonely boys. That's uh-huh. Adorable. And they only sang about how long it took to get to heaven. <laughs> Jared. All those poor boys. And they wanted to know how many miles it was to heaven. Did people... And so did the world. 50,000. Did people... What was the reaction to seeing this band of children playing for them while they're eating? Was this a positive thing? Did they they enjoy it? When Los Lonely Boys went on the stage and played without me, Mm -hmm. it was commonplace to to see... Be, huge tecates being thrown <laughs> at the band because it was so horrible. They and it was, and it was typical. It was horrible. Mm-hmm. The Lost Lonely Boys couldn't sing. A lot of the songs that you hear from the Lost Lonely Boys now are auto-tuned. But back in the day, it was horrible singing. And so people would throw, they'd order enchiladas, they'd order you know rice and beans, and they'd pick it up without even taking a mouthful, and they'd Kevin Spacey the... They were the the plate oh right my. right oh, sorry they were right, Kevin Spacey they pick up the plate a sort of blank faced and then they would throw it at them as a like reference that. of course and they throw tecates at them oh. yeah. and it was chaos most nights <laughs> people would come people would okay. come to throw to throw stuff at the band oh so maybe it they, became a thing around town this, hey this you, is the only place you can go to uh, <laughs> throw stuff at children <laughs> at the at los at the los niños. Uh, okay. But then my father, he he said, uh, Celine, please go on there. You can see I he- hear you sing in the bathroom all the time. Aww. Please, please go on stage, and and tr- and try and try to save my kids. <laughs> There's open glass. They're breaking the bottles before they're throwing the, mm. it at the kids now. Wait, let's 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 walk this back for just a moment. Okay. So okay. Your, okay. your father says, okay. Selena, I know that you've been singing in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. You know, so, so did you? Were, were you like embarrassed? Were you were you scared of singing in public at first? Was was singing in the bathroom the only uh, place where you could express yourself? Uh, yes. Mm, wow. Yes, it was. Mm, and so when your father said, "I've been listening. I've been hearing you singing mm-hmm. in the bathroom," what was your creepy. reaction? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, some people would think it was creepy, and they'd be right to think it was creepy. <laughs> yeah, it's very creepy. Uh, because we had a big house. We had a very big hacienda. It oh, was really? A, yeah, a lot of people think I grew up because it's a very racist thing to think to think that I grew up in, <laughs> in a small place. But I grew up in a very big hacienda. He he had an entire bathroom to himself and to his. Oh. You know, he had a, a a bedroom bathroom. And you're like, Dad, if I wanted to be heard, I would have sang in yeah. your bathroom. <laughs> but I was in my bathroom because I yes. wanted. I didn't want anybody to know that I'm a singer. Yeah. That's right. Wow. That's right. Oh yeah, so That's your father right. says, I've heard you singing, Selena. I've heard you singing, And Selena. I know that you have a beautiful voice, and so I come have, sing in the band. So go come sing in the band and save your brothers from... <laughs> From getting cut up by the my my patrons, <laughs> oh my! And and so I did, and so I did, and and mm-hmm. I, I I went on stage to save their lives, obviously, because you don't save want their to lives. Sing. And I yeah. begged them. I said, please, please, patrons, <laughs> please stop throwing food and drink at my brothers. And I started saying, and and they were like, you sing. And and the first thing that came into my mind. Bidi bidi bamba. It was oh. just like it was just sort of you know sort of stream of consciousness, Jerry. Wow. You know when you sort of so you are given eat- a microphone and then people say just talking to the microphone mm-hmm. and you just sort of come up with whatever you want. So I start dancing and I go bidi bidi bamba, bamba, bidi bamba. This would eventually become a huge Selena hit. Bidi bidi bamba. What were you scatting? International. Yes, because I had actually been a huge fan of Scatman Crothers before I before I had taken the gig. Scatman Crothers, the actor who never scatted, I believe. 
I think he was just I think he was in The Shining. I think he was in The Shining. He was, but I I was inspired by you. I don't think he ever scattered, though. I was inspired by the name. It's in the name. I was inspired by the name, Oh, that is To have a name like that and never do the thing that you're advertised to do. I could be wrong I thought if he can do it, I can. I will have to have him on the show. This is a this is a vocal reminder to Jared Berenstein to book Scatman Crothers on the next episode if you can get him. If you're just joining us, this is Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn. And my guests today are American novelist and short story writer Truman uh, Capote. I'm pronouncing that correctly. Capote. Capote, okay. And 20th century uh, singer and actress Selena Perez. Bidi bidi bamba. Hello, don't get my last name wrong. (laughs) Indeed. It's not not your last name. It's your maiden name that I have so much trouble with. Mm -hmm. Um, Quintanilla. Quintanilla. We'll get it by the end of the pod, I think so. Uh, so let's go back to uh, Truman Capote for just a moment. Okay. Uh, so I'd like to ask you about one of your early jobs. So you're 19 years old. It's 1943. You begin working as a copy boy in the art department of The New Yorker. Uh, you held that job for two years. But then in 1945, you get fired for getting into a fight with the poet Robert Frost. Uh, this is on the Wikipedia. That son of a bitch. Yeah. What did you do? That made Robert, a beloved American poet, Robert Frost, two words, di- two two roads diverge in a yellow wood. Exactly. And sorry, I could not travel both. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you what do to, to anger him? That, that so much that he demanded that you be fired. I just tried to give him a few pointers on his writing. Uh, yes. Okay. And he did not like that. Gotcha. And he never liked that. I kept doing it. I thought he'd get used to it. So there wasn't just one incident between oh, you and Robert no. Frost. What's that poem? Who's with these are? I think I know something like mm-hmm. that. Terrible, yeah. terrible. And he, and he ends it by saying, uh, uh, "And miles to go before I sleep, and miles to go before I sleep." Whatever. <laughs> I don't even, all I know is that it was not exactly right. And I tried to help him. He would never listen. He would mm-hmm. just throw me off like I was some kind of loser. Well, what were some of the suggestions that you were making? Oh, for I Robert knew the Frost? woods. What I knew the woods. You knew the woods. And so I was like, a lot of people are going to know the woods. They're not going to, okay. they're going to think you're just full of shit. <laughs> and I, well, the, what really was an impetus is I once spilled tea all over his desk. Oh my God. On purpose. So, I, uh, on purpose. Yes. That was my way of getting back. I tried to make it look like an accident, but he saw me throw it down. So you're saying, Robert Frost, I'm reading your poems. You're saying, I don't know. I think I know whose woods these are. And you're saying, no, you should just know. I do know the woods. I know the woods. (laughs) I mean, who doesn't know the woods? Am I right? Yeah, yeah, of course. I love the woods. See, everyone knows the woods. (laughs) I love the woods. What about, um, did you have any suggestions for two roads diverged in Yellowwood? I Uh, wanted to make it three roads. Three roads instead. Uh, Yeah. Interesting. That is a one, that is like, uh. Uh, what would you call that? That's like 33% better of a poem then. <laughs> right. If you add one more wood to it. He didn't. He was not very open oh, to suggestions. Mm. And you have to be if you're a writer. God knows I know that. Mm-hmm. So you would always be open to suggestions then, Truman Capote? Sometimes. Okay, gotcha. I mean, you know, when you're getting it from the best, mm-hmm. you have to listen to the gotcha. best. Gotcha. If it's someone who's clearly better than you, as right. you were saying, you were better than Robert Frost. I tried to tell him that. Gotcha. I don't listen. know why he wouldn't be amenable to that note from a, from a 21-year-old boy. Crusty asshole. Yeah. He go. was a crusty, crusty asshole. So then you purposefully spilled tea on his desk to say, fuck you, Robert Frost. To say, yeah, I'll show you, you crusty asshole. <laughs> and he saw me do it, and he got really mad. He slapped me across the face, which oh, wow. I, I should have called the police <laughs> right there and then. Of course. He slapped me right across the face. <laughs> I went to slap him, and he caught me. Caught oh my, my hand in the arm, punched me in the stomach, and I got fired. Oh, my God. Can you believe this harassment? That's oh incredible. No. Now, I know that you were so fast and strong from your years as an athlete, well, Truman Capote. Yeah, he didn't know what how, he was in for. How fast and strong must Robert Frost have been <laughs> to have caught your hand and then landed that punch in your stomach? You know, that man... Is superhuman. It's Robert Frost. He must have been. Wow. Because I lifted my arm to slap him right back, mm-hmm. and he caught it. He caught that arm, too? Yeah, he caught it. Oh, my God. And so I was I didn't know what I was in for in that physical <laughs> abuse. Oh, my goodness. And I couldn't handle it. I just couldn't handle it. I started screeching, mm-hmm. screeching like a ferret. Oh I was goodness. humiliated. Wow. It's a good thing they fired me, because I would have burnt that place down. <laughs> 
I really <laughs> he would, would burn the New Yorker down. Burn that place down. Who, wow. who would have missed it? That's incredible. It Not horrible. me. <laughs> yes, exactly. Thank you, Selena. Not me. And who knows more about editorial stuff than Selena? You know, if Not I, a person. Uh, if I had gotten into a fight with uh, such a famous and, and beloved American poet. He's okay. Uh, Robert Frost? He's all right. Robert Frost. He's fine. He's one of the most beloved American poets of all time. Well, I mean, yes, that's because there's not very many. Mm-hmm. They're okay. Well, yeah. so here's the thing. Touché. I would have told everybody that story. I would have been like, you are not going to believe this, but I got into a fight with Robert Frost. Well, I just never would have guessed that he'd be so easy to anger also. Oh, my God. You know, based on the kind of poetry that he writes. A very angry, angry man. Oh, were, were there other man. incidences with uh, well, Robert He was always Frost? yelling at me. Physical abuse, mm-hmm. slapping me. Can you give us an example of something that Robert Frost once yelled at you? Yes. <laughs> well, I told you, when I tried to correct some of his, well, just give him a few pointers. Mm-hmm. He told me, okay, this is horrible. Okay. This is horrible. All right. He said, I'm not going to take advice from some mouse-nosed little bitch. Whoa. Hey. Robert Frost said that? Uh, a mouse nose? What Robert the hell Frost is he even talking about? called you, Truman Capote, a mouse-nosed little bitch. Have you ever heard such an absurdity? Oh, God. That a is... similar thing happened to me when I did karaoke with Roberto oh, Frost. I'm sorry, what? <gasps> Back, well, I knew him as Spanish, Roberto Frost. This can't Robert possibly Frost. be the same Robert Frost. In disguise. Well, I, I didn't think he was because he had a great big mustache. Okay. But now hearing your story, it does sound like it was the same. Oh I was doing karaoke with a Roberto Frost in Tijuana. And, you know, I, and I walk in. This was the height of my fame. Mm-hmm. I'd walk in and I'm like, I'll do karaoke for the people. Mm-hmm. And I come in and I start singing my song, Bitty Bitty Bamba. Oh, Everybody must and, have gone crazy. And then. it was pandemonium, Jared. <laughs> Did they rip your clothes off? And they, well, I ripped my own clothes off oh, for okay. the fans. But he, <laughs> but the Roberto comes in, he starts singing, and he and he starts singing uh, the wrong notes. And so I say, you know, it just kind of helps if you have more fun with it, Roberto, <laughs> instead of trying to do it accurately. And he punched me through a window. Oh my oh. God! He punched me through a window. That, people must and have I, been furious. And I screamed guards back then. I had pretty good, you know, guards. Pretty good guards. Pretty good guards. I got uh, questions. Yeah, where were they? Uh, well, well they were pretty, pretty good guards. <laughs> I, I thought, and and so I said guards, and he and he put all of my guards in the hospital. Oh my God! Oh, did he call them a mouse nose little thing? <laughs> that would he be the giveaway. Yeah. <laughs> If he used the same insult, I think we could assume that it was the same Robert Frost. It has Frost, to then. be. It has yeah, yeah. to be. But was, it, was it not the same well, insult? Well, he called me a mouse nose printer, but... but, <laughs> but, Ooh, but and which, is which I think Spanish. is Which I think is dirtier. Very Spanish suspicious. for whore, I believe. Oh, Put, yes. I, I could be wrong How about dare that. He? Yes. Mm, Pouton? I, it doesn't matter. Pouton. I know French more than I know Spanish. Oui. Um, oui. That is unbelievable. So si. th- this, this, this crowd is being treated to... It's as though Mick Jagger were going to do karaoke. That's how insane... Si. Because it's the height of popularity. And then some guy who looks like a really old Robert Frost, but wearing a big mustache. Huge. Who introduced himself as Roberto Frost, decides to Frosty. sing with you. And and nobody for that, that would have been, you know, strikes number one, two, and three for me. I would have uh-huh. been like, get off stage. Selena's up there. You know? See, see. Yeah, exactly. See, but I up. And then when you try to help him out, he punches you through a window. See. Like I said, he's not open to suggestions. Oh, wow, I'm surprised that he got out of there alive. You yeah. know, I'm sure uh, the the uh, the crowd must have rioted at that point. Uh-huh. But he put all of them in the hospital. <laughs> everybody in the Jesus. hospital. Very your, your bodyguards and His everybody bodyguards, that was watching. Mis amigos. Oh my goodness. Los niños. Guys. Los lonely boys. Now, just based on what like happens in your life later on, Selena, it doesn't seem like your bodyguards are really earning that paycheck. Uh, but let's. Okay. Um, <laughs> Did you pay them? It's okay. Well, it, 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 my my father my father paid them. I was, I'm not I'm not writing checks, but I mm. think but I, I you know they're making a cool half a million. I think most of them. Oh, a half a million see, dollars. Yeah, see. They were really they were yes. not earning that paycheck. Uh, let's go back to Selena for just a moment. So your first band, as we discussed, uh-huh. Selena y los Dinos. Selena, Selena y los Dinos. So you start touring uh, with them when you're in middle school. See. Your father frequently taking you out of school so that you could do shows, mm-hmm. and I understand that uh, your teachers tried to intervene and say, Selena needs to be in school. It's very important for her to get her education. And mm-hmm. your dad tells them, mind your business. Mind your beeswax. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so is you that... You broke motherfuckers. <laughs> oh, oh, that, oh, that's not That's what he said. 
Wow, was there more? There was more. Yeah. He he pulled me out of out of middle school one day, and I flip my hair back and I go, "See you, boys. <laughs> I'm going on the road." And I invented the peace sign back then. You know how everyone does peace signs now? Oh, yeah. I invented that. Oh wow! And everyone so I, does them. I flip, everyone. <laughs> I flip. I flip my hair. I go, "See you later, boys. Try to buy tickets. That's the only time you can ask me out on dates." <laughs> and the teacher goes, "No, Selena, you you have to stay here." And my father goes. Shut your fucking mouth, you broke motherfucker. Whoa. And he goes, how much do you make in uh, uno año? And, and, the teacher, and the teacher sort of looks down at her feet and she, and she whispers, What? And he goes, and, That's just some numbers in Spanish. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And he goes, Escucha, I can't hear you. And the teacher goes, Bente cinco thousand años. A year. 25,000 a year. And... My father, I had been, I had signed my first record contract, so mm-hmm. I and they gave me an advance of, uh, you know, well over that three mm-hmm. three hundred thousand dollars, much more than a teacher's right. salary, much more than a teacher's salary, mm-hmm. which my father was handling the money, so he so he had a lot on him, okay. and he goes fantastic, and he pulls out and he puts his thumb deep into his mouth mm-hmm. and licks out. Twenty-five thousand dollars. Twenty-five. He just, he just licks it out. He, he, he licks, licks it out. He licks it out of his pocket, <laughs> and he goes, "Fantastic! Buy yourself a gun." <laughs> and, he, and, he oh thro- and he throws it on the ground, and he goes, "Selena, now we go." And I was so proud of oh, my father in that, that moment. Is, uh, I was so he was always using my money to insult people publicly <laughs> and intimidate people into advancing my career. And your dad did not know how much a gun cost, also, because it's twenty-five thousand dollars for one gun. That'll be a nice one. Uh, now, I did read because you were so uh-huh. young, and everybody Thank in the band you. was so young, apparently. Thank you. Also, uh, that you were sometimes refused bookings yes. because of how young you were and yes. how young your other bandmates were. Yes. So, well, well let's walk me through this because I know yes. that you were like 16, 15 years old. Mm-hmm. How old was everybody else in the, in the band? In how, how old were Los Dinos? The Los Lonely Boys? Boys were uh, 42. 42. 42. Wow. But um but they didn't look it. They didn't look it. They looked <laughs> okay. like they they looked like they were about uh, 20, 21, 22. Okay. But they were well Which is over normal. But they That's were well normal. over 40. That is a normal age <laughs> for a man to be playing. But they were yeah. well over 40. Okay. Um and they would play for me and I did I did get kicked out of a lot of places mm-hmm. in the early days much like Michael Jackson's father. Uh, he, he they would book me at uh, strip clubs. I played it. I tried to try to play at scores one time oh in God. New York. Wow! At the Playboy real. Mansion. The Playboy Mansion. The Playboy Mansion. Yes, I got wow. booked on that. Your early. father decided to have his 16 year old daughter play Jays. play music at the Playboy Mansion. Jay really letting the, the chickens do a show really, for the foxhole. Really Jays. is like Joe Jackson. Jays in the police, and then so I pulled up to the I pulled up to the Playboy Mansion, mm-hmm. and the LAPD are waiting for me at the at the mansion because they hear they hear mm-hmm. they hear from, they hear, and so they go, excuse me, how old is this? How old is this uh, this girl? And my father, she go, he goes, she is sixteen years old, mm-hmm. and the cop goes, well, she, she's not stepping foot on that property, <laughs> and my father my father goes, oh really? Well, how much exactly do you make in a year? Oh no. And and the cop sort of looks down at his feet and he Playing goes, the and he goes, paintings, dollars. Wait, so this cop and, in 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 Los Angeles, where the Playboy Mansion is, is giving his salary in Spanish. Okay, there's a lot of Spanish-speaking people in Los Angeles. Yeah, I don't true. know if you've been. A lot of I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if you've been here, but there's that's quite true. a lot of Mexicanos in there. <laughs> that's true. And so he looks at his shoes and he goes, Bente cinco thousand dollars per año, and he goes, how oh, fantastic. Selena, can you hand me that briefcase? And I hand him a briefcase, and he and he just like unfurls. He dumps the whole thing out, and he goes, "Hey, why don't you go, guys, buy yourself some new guns?" <laughs> Kicks open the gate, Hugh Hefner, and and they welcome us with open arms. Oh, that must have been a standing While the ovation. cops spend the rest wow. of the night trying to pick up the money on yeah. the ground, they're like, oh, "Because the wind's blowing the we, money." So we really like, need this money so we can we can buy ourselves a couple of guns, a couple of new guns. <laughs> they didn't have guns back then, I guess. That's that right. is an it was un- pathetic to see them on the ground picking up the money. Unbelievable like story. Like and I mean, that. yeah, just like uh, your your father really seems to have that shtick handled. You know, it's like, now nah, yeah. I know how to shut people up. Throw a little money at them. Tell them to, tell them to them buy a, a gun with it. It know. works. It works. <laughs> Give them a year's worth of their salary. Why Jared? change what works? Unfortunately, we've got to take a short break. Uh, but we will be right back with Selena Perez and Truman Capote on Famous Dead People. Stay with us. Famous Dead People. 
Hey, everybody, just want to take a quick break to remind you to subscribe to Famous Dead People on iTunes or whatever app you are using to listen to podcasts. Rate us five stars, leave a comment, tell your friends. All that stuff helps us out a ton. And feel free to hit us up at FamousDeadPeople at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org if you want a specific Famous Dead person on the show or if you have any comments that you want to shoot over to us, whatever we love hearing from fans. Uh, Also, check out my book, The Kellyanne Conway Technique. It is out now. It is hilarious. I hope that you will check that out and read that and uh, leave reviews, awesome reviews on Amazon or BarnesandNoble.com or whatever and tell your friends to read it because it's super funny and I want that money. Also, go check out JarrettBarrenson.com for all the latest on my show dates and uh, up-to-date project information. And lastly, if you really like Famous Dead People and you want to send us some money to help keep the show on the air, go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash Famous Dead People and click on the Support the Show button. Thanks again for listening, and now back to the podcast. Welcome back to Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn. Famous Dead People, the only show that resurrects famous people from the grave and asks them all the hard questions. I am your host, Jarrett Berenstein, and we are here every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. My guests in the studio today are American novelist and short story writer famous for works such as Breakfast at Tiffany's and the true crime novel In Cold Blood, Truman Capote. Thank you for having me. And 20th century singer, songwriter, and actress known by many as the queen of Tejano music, Selena Quintanilla. We're going to get it by the end of the podcast. Thank Quintanilla. you for having me. Selena Quintanilla Perez. Quintanilla Perez. Ay, Welcome ay, ay, ay. from Tijuana. <laughs> so, I also love how you keep on welcoming me from Tijuana when you were born in Texas. When you spent most of your life in Texas. Uh, so let's go back to uh, Truman Capote for just a moment. So... Uh, you wrote your first novel, Summer Crossing, uh, sometime in the 1940s. It's the story of a romance between a New York City socialite and a parking lot attendant. Yes. Now, the novel was only discovered in 2004 uh, because you claimed during your life to have destroyed the manuscript. Uh, but then it was uh, a copy was eventually found. Um, why didn't you like Summer Crossing? Why did you attempt to have it destroyed? You're not going to believe this. Oh, I can't wait to hear it. But... It was that crusty asshole, Robert, Robert Frost. Frost. He told me oh it was gosh. horrible, and Robert I Tom. believed him. <laughs> I believed him. See, unlike Robert Frost, I'm very open to suggestion and criticism. Mm, as you mentioned before, yes. I think he was just jealous, and mm. he just knew it was going to be a hit. Now, I have to ask. So you Please. have this t- this uh, tumultuous relationship, very contentious relationship between you and Robert Frost. Mm-hmm. Um, he gets you fired from The New Yorker. Mm-hmm. And then a few years later, you finish your first novel, Summer Crossing, Right. And you decide to give it to Robert Frost to read and give you notes on? Yes. Why? Well, because we had become pretty good friends by then. So, okay. We kissed and made up. We kissed and made up. You kissed? Literally. How, how soon after this fight did you guys kiss and make up? Oh, it took a few weeks. A I couple mean, weeks later. I, I realized that I was in the wrong with spilling tea on his desk. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't have done that. That was absurd. Gotcha. That was absurd. But... He got me fired, mm-hmm. and that was absurd as well. Okay. So I called him. I had someone deliver a telegram saying, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. It was a singing telegram. <laughs> it was a, you know, they were like, I'm sorry. Please, please forgive me. I don't remember how it really went, but it was a good one. And and then he sent me a telegram, and we got together for tea, of all mm-hmm. things. He, think, and he sent you a singing telegram back, yes, obviously. Yes, he did. It was, okay. it was very nice. Mm-hmm. And we got together for tea, which I thought was very cute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the tea that I spilled. Because he spilled the tea on his desk, yeah. But I think it was all just an act, because he earned oh. my trust. Oh. Then he saw my book, mm-hmm. got scared there was going to be too big of a hit, mm-hmm. and told me it was garbage. Wow. And I believed him. That is unbelievable. I believed him. I can't believe Robert Frost played this con on you. Especially since he's not even a novelist. He's not a novelist, no. Did you kiss? Did you guys guys kiss then afterwards? Did he kiss you and then lie? I couldn't kiss him after he told me my book was bad. I was heartbroken. I didn't get out of bed for days. Mm, So this had nothing to do with how you actually felt about the book. Like, you think it was a great book. I I thought it was going to be a huge hit. Gotcha. Tell us a little bit more about it. So it's this New York socialite. Is it a... I, I, the, the Wikipedia doesn't have the sex of these people, and obviously it's 2018, that really doesn't matter, but just for my own curiosity. Uh, yes. uh, so New York socialite, man or woman, parking lot attendant, man or woman? Oh, the socialite was the gay man. Okay. And there's a parking lot attendant was, of course, a gay man. A gay man, A, a okay. gay boy. A gay boy. Okay. But gotcha. I... I Purposely didn't put the sexes there because in that time it was not very acceptable. Oh, so in the book you don't even know the sexes. Nope. Oh wow. I, all they and it. Interesting. And, you know, wow. very uh, 
you know, androgynous. It's very forward thinking and also kind of like a little mysterious. I like, was scared, okay? I was just scared. Intriguing. Would, would people like, be mm, I don't know how to picture these characters then if I don't know what their sex is. Well, I'm is. sure that would have made it a smash success. I, I had to spend my life acting wow. very straight. Mm, you you spent your life acting straight. Uh, of course. That's interesting. Nobody knew my secret. You know, I read on the Wikipedia that you were open about your sexuality, but um, you're saying that you were trying to keep it secret. Well, I was open to my close friends and family. Oh, gotcha. But nobody else knew. I was nobody gonna su- knew. I was going to suggest, like, maybe you were just that bad at concealing it. Excuse that me. It looked like you were proud of your of Excuse your sexuality me. and open about it. I was a jock. You were a jock. I okay. know how to hide stuff. Okay. Maybe, d- but here's the thing. Maybe you were just so good at sports that everybody was like, you know what? I know it's the 1940s, but I think we can start developing our attitudes towards homosexual people and accept Truman Capote. I mean, he's so good at football, guys. Well, that could See? be. It's, that yeah, could that be. Could. Everyone did love me in my hometown. Mm. They didn't care. In fact, I think I did a lot for gay people in my hometown. Gotcha. Oh, yeah. that's nice. Well, thank you. Yeah. So let's talk about your other... Uh, you're, you're, you're technically your first novel then is Other Voices, Other Rooms. Yeah. Okay, because because you famously destroyed I had you. the first your your first novel because Robert Frost, who you were kind of secret enemies with, oh, uh, yes. told you that it was bad, and then you guys kissed. Frenemies. Uh, so part of the success of your of your first novel was um your author photo. And I read about this on the Wikipedia. There's an entire section on the Wikipedia just about this author photo and yes, how it was, very scandalous. it was a splash. Scandalous. You know? And so the photo is, and I encourage anybody listening to this to Google it. Please. It is just you lounging on what looks like to be a sofa. Mm-hmm. And you are staring, you're staring uh, intently into the camera. And yes. it looks to me like yes. a very normal author photo. Do you think so? I really think it looks like a very normal author photo. Well... You know, but people, it just blew people's minds. I love that photo. It, what it, is wrong with it? What What is the thing that, that really gripped people? People. It was so scandalous at the time. People thought I was, it was a very seductive look on my face. Now, mm. I will say, I was very young. I looked very good. Yes, that Very, is true. you know, twinky. Mm-hmm. And staring into the camera, and, you know, it wasn't a headshot. My whole body was in the shot. Mm. And I didn't yeah, nice You can body. see down to your, your, mid, your midsection. And, and I Could nice you body. see it? Just below. Can you see the whole thing? I was fully clothed. What, what do you mean the you whole thing, fully Selena? <laughs> Please, you should check it out. Was I think this after a football game? <laughs> no, no. My Where football you were the days. Victor? My football days were behind me. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, he's wearing scandal, his clothes and he's just looking into the camera. The scandal was that they they assumed I was being seductive. Mm. Which, hey, I think that says more about them than me. I kind of feel like this is like the thing where Elvis swinging his hips. Like, we don't think of it as scandalous anymore, but back then they were like, oh my God, how dare you? People were such prudes. So, like, back then were people just, like, not looking into the camera? Is that... The, the, was that the scandal? Well, I didn't really do... I didn't judge my own actions by other people. But, okay. I mean... You just had to have a blase, stupid, boring, mm-hmm. ugly photo for authors. And I wasn't about to do you that. You decided. Hell, switch gears. I'm young. I'm hip. Mm-hmm. I'm in shape. Mm-hmm. I'm going to show it up, baby. What were you trying to communicate Jeez. by staring into the camera and giving that photo? That I'm single and ready to mingle. <laughs> Give me a call. Truman Capote. Did you get many dates from the photo, Truman? Not as many as I'd hoped. Oh, oh that is a shame. They were turned off by the freaking scandal. That that is a real that is a real shame. Ruined it. Um so let's uh, move over to Selena for just a moment. So uh, your third album, you know, Jace. you you're you're climbing the charts. Jace, you're becoming you. you're you're on a rocket ship to success. Gracias. Your third album is a nuclear bomb. Oh it my is, god. Gracias. It is a ten times platinum album. Gracias. You end up booking this giant press tour yes. for the album that yes. is already enormous success through Monterey, Mexico. But uh-huh. this was a concern for the label because, and this is something I didn't know until I read the Wikipedia. They hate sure, Mexicans. Yeah. You bet. <laughs> no, that, that, oh. I mean, that may or may well, not they be did, true. Well, they did, but they're not going to put that. I'm sure they censored that out of the, the Wikipedia. <laughs> I hope so. I see. But that I'm you sure they have somebody that spoke that. very, very little Spanish. Ah, uh, uh, yes. That's weird. You sound like a native speaker. Yes. <laughs> I do not know the language. Oh, no. 
I don't know it. Ay, ay, ay. And I don't care. No. I don't want to know it either. <laughs> you go, girl. Because yeah, so your first uh, album was mostly in Spanish, but you had to learn those words phonetically. That's on the Wikipedia. That's wow. right, yeah. Memorization. Yeah. I have no idea what some of the words that I sang meant. You probably don't People even know after what the concerts, songs are about. I have no idea. Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> Who uh, cares? I don't care. I couldn't care less. But people sometimes I would do I would do shows in Monterey and mm-hmm. people uh, you know I I would be like eh, gracias <laughs> thank you on the, the the big climax of the song I go thank you good good goodbye Monterey you can talk to me after the show anoche and, and anoche and and I don't know what that is I mean maybe so why not say that <laughs> I don't sometimes I go to restaurants and I say anoche you know mm-hmm. I'll have dos uh, I'll, I'll have, have dos uh, anoche. la cucarachas you know and. And so, and people, fans would come up to me and um, they would bang on my bus, mm-hmm. you know, bang Ooh. on my bus. And so, I remember one time I, I opened the window and I was like, <laughs> I said, La Hacienda es los gatos. What? Because my father said, said you know, that's some words. That's yeah, some words to say. Those are words. Those are words. And my fans, a wave, tsunami of fans outside the bus going, Do you know what you're saying? <laughs> Do you know what you're saying to us? The fans were saying this in unison wow. together. Wow. And so See, they had planned do it. Do you know what you're saying? Do you know what you're saying? Do you know what you're saying? In English. In English. I can see it now. In English. Now, here's in, the thing. On the Wikipedia, it, it says that the press tour was a huge success. Ah. And that, and that the Mexican media hailed you as an Jace. artist of the people. How did you manage yes, to I... create that impression, even though, as we're discovering, you clearly you didn't know the language. Very little, if any, Spanish. I speak none of it, Jared. <laughs> oh. Zero Spanish. Zero. Uh, wow. Every time. This is uh, what uh, I think people in America call the luckiest break of all time. <laughs> oh. Because. Sometimes, you know, when you are playing a sport or when I mean, true, I have to tell you, but when you're doing something and you just sort of feel yourself cooking and everything just sort of falls in line perfectly mm. and you're like, Jesus, how is Jesus this happening? <laughs> how did that happen to me? I, a meal. Uh, I, I, you know, I did some memorization, but mm-hmm. we're talking from, I think, two whole years straight. <laughs> I memorized the songs and then when people asked me questions in Espanol, mm-hmm. um, which I've memorized that, um, <laughs> I would make up, much like I did Bidi Bidi Bamba, mm-hmm. I, I just sort of, whatever came out of my mouth, turned out to be correct turned in the moment. Turned out to be moment. perfect Spanish. Turned out to be exactly what I needed to say. Unbelievable. And, and so, and, and imagine that. Imagine if that, <laughs> imagine if, that, if, if you had been correct Three times in a row, mm-hmm. you know, speaking a language correctly, you'd probably say that. Oh, okay, I guess it's okay. in my, I guess it's in my bones. I think I got it now. <laughs> and so, I did what I consider to be the longest riff of all time. Mm-hmm. A and two-year riff, two years straight, two years straight riff, faking bidi bidi bamba, two years straight riff, perfect wow. somehow, an, an extended bidi bidi bamba. You know, I can't help but notice that See? you have the um, the the continents, the accents, uh, the the word choice of somebody who English is their second language. I don't know. I'm it's easier, what is your first language, Selena? Just My out of curiosity, first language is the language of love, Jerry. <laughs> The language she of is love. Fluent the, in the, the international of love. language. <laughs> That's beautiful. Of love, Jared. Uh, for those of you who are just joining us, this is Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn, and my guest today are 20th century singer and actress Selena Perez. Goodbye, Jared. And American novelist and short story writer Truman Capote. Hello, Jared. Uh, please don't say goodbye, Selena. We have a solid. 16 minutes left to uh, for the show today. Uh, sure. So let's go back over to um, Truman Capote for just a moment. Uh, so your next big hit after your after your novel was Breakfast at Tiffany's. Oh, yes. Uh, which is a short novel plus a few short stories. Um, the, the, the short story, Breakfast at Tiffany's, the novella Breakfast at Tiffany's is what the movie was based on. The movie, of course, wildly different from the novella. The novella being much darker and with much stronger language so the story was originally supposed to run 
in Harper's Bazaar, but they eventually decided against it yes. for fear that the content and language was unsuitable, and they were worried that Tiffany's, the retailer, would pull their advertising. So would you mind telling the listeners, who might not be familiar with the novella version of Breakfast at of Tiffany's, course. what exactly was so objectionable about the original story that Harper's decided to pull it from their magazine? <sighs> this is difficult for me. Mm. Oh, is this a sensitive subject for you, Truman Capote? <laughs> oh, yeah. I was banned from Tiffany's. You were banned from Tiffany's? Yes. Because the jeweler. Of, because of what happened. Oh and I was God. a regular customer there. Mm. So I was applying for a job at Tiffany's. The one here in New York City. You're familiar. Yes, of course. By Trump Tower. But let me ask you, just, just right off the gun. Go for it. You're a writer, Truman Capote. Well, yeah. You're a writer. But you what are you to, doing well, looking for a job at Tiffany's, the jeweler? Please, you should know, of all people, that mm-hmm. it, <laughs> writing, you know, it, unless, until you really hit it big. Is, you you, know, you it's gotta not the, have that regular you, job. You have to have some survival job. Survivor job. And I right. thought, who knows more about jewelry <laughs> than me, Truman Capone? Mm. So I went in. Drip, dripping with jewels. Drip, well, you had your yeah, drip on. They were mostly fake. They were what I could afford. Oh, but of course. I went in there, and I was running late, mm-hmm. so I brought in my McMuffin. I brought in my breakfast. Okay, hence, your McMuffin. Hence the name, Breakfast at oh, Tiffany's. Gotcha. Oh, okay. Makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. And they did not like me eating in Tiffany's. Okay. They hated it. This was while you were working there? No. This is I before? Was, I went in applying for a job. Gosh, so you're eating your breakfast. I was never lucky Ready for the interview. Yeah. The interview did not go well. <laughs> I went in there. And I had my sausage McMuffin. Mm-hmm. It was crumbling all over the place. Wasn't made very well. Mm. And they weren't open to suggestion either. Mm-hmm. But I had my McMuffin and my coffee. And I said, hello, I'm Truman Capone. You know me. And I would like to work here at Tiffany's. I mean, you're lucky. It's your lucky day. Truman <laughs> Capone walks in. He wants to work at Tiffany's. Mm-hmm. And they said, sir, you're not allowed to eat in here. And I said, you son of a bitch. Oh, my God. And I threw my sausage muffin in the person's face. Oh, my God. And I was like, you know me. I'm Truman Capote. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wrote Other Rooms, Other Voices. Exactly. Yeah. You have no idea who you're messing with. And then they slapped me across the face oh with her God. fake nails and all. And it cut wow. me. It cut me. And I cried. And I win. Again, Truman I know. Capote. I'm a fighter. You were such I'm a fighter. an athlete, so strong and fast. How well, fast and strong let me must be this woman, this random woman who worked at Tiffany's, have been let me be to have landed this slap on you? Well, my football days were far behind. Of course. Me. But so, you don't lose those instincts, Truman Capote. Well, I had slowed down quite a bit. I hadn't okay. been working out. Muscle mm-hmm. memory. It was horrible. <laughs> In fact, that was, that was even us. difficult to tell you. Mm-hmm. It's difficult to remember because gotcha. I was banned from Tiffany's. Mm-hmm. And I loved Tiffany's. So then did you decide to write Breakfast at Tiffany's as sort of a revenge on Tiffany's? I for... tell the truth. Wow. I tell the truth. And okay. tell the movie and then I changed everything. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so the, the short story you're saying is just, is just the story of you going to Tiffany's and trying to eat your breakfast and getting slapped in the face. I'm trying to get a job. Really, trying to get a job. But I had yeah. my breakfast, mm-hmm. and she was very rude to me. Yes. And I said, you don't know who you're messing with. Mm-hmm. Through my sausage McMuffin. Mm-hmm. Didn't go over well. Gotcha. She really, she had cut my cornea with her fake nails. Oh, my hey, goodness. No. <laughs> Can you imagine? I had to go to Mount Sinai. You need those. Oh, you had to go to the hospital. It was a horrible day. That's incredible. Horrible and now Harper's day. thought that this was too dark of a story for them. Yes. This is the story of a man who goes to Tiffany's. Eats his breakfast, gets told, hey, you can't eat in here. Throws the throws it in the, the woman's face. The woman the slaps him in the face. He has to go to the hospital. Do you think I overreacted? I think you might have overreacted, but I also think Harper's might have overreacted because that's right. not that dark of a story. Well, they, just, they could not risk losing Tiffany mm. as an advertiser. What was the strongest language in that story? Just because they one of the things they went, mentioned on the Wikipedia was that the language is a little strong for Harper's. Well... I'm a little embarrassed, mm-hmm. but I did refer to the woman as a pig-faced cunt. As a pig-faced cunt. And I'm sorry. I know that we're living in an age where that's a terrible term. Oh, Selena, do you need some water? I can see you. I'm, I'm sorry. I just, let me just drink this I'm really not, quickly. I'm not proud of that. I'm not it's, it br- it's, no, it's, uh, I'm I sorry. Have, I have flashbacks Lo- to my high school days. Oh, low siento. Oh, did people say similar things to you in high school, Selena? Well, people... <laughs> No tanto. Oh, really drinking that water. Oh, God. <laughs> so, so, what if 
refreshing. I'm sorry, Selena. Mm-hmm. Oh God, well, people would hang dead pigs in my, in my school all the time. Like I said, a- as was the tradition, of course. Mm-hmm. They would, and then they would write, they would write awful words on the pigs in blood. Sometimes it was a fatty. Oh no! Sometimes it was a penis. Oh no! <laughs> a what? Sometimes it was crap. Sometimes crap. And I don't know what those words mean, Jared. <laughs> Thank you. Because the again, confusion. English is not your first the language. The confusion. Mm-hmm. Wow. That was horrible. That must have been really upsetting. And I have to say, mm-hmm. true to your word, Jimmy Capote, you did take the influence of Robert Frost when you were just when you're picking your insult for this woman because it was very similar it was. to what Robert Frost said to it you. It was all I could think of. Yeah, exactly. But she really was pick face. Wow, that is incredible. Now, I also wanted, before we get off the topic of Please. Breakfast at Tiffany's, you know, obviously very different, the movie and the book. One of the differences being uh, Mickey Rooney and his extremely offensive Asian, um, I want to say Chinese, but it could be any, it's just really just really generic, generic Asian, Same. you know, uh, very offensive Asian uh, character. Uh, what was your take at the time watching that? You're like, this isn't in the book. This isn't in the story at all. It wasn't. You know, why did you guys decide to add, to add this I really did. offensive Asian stereotype? Oh, I did. I oh, did, you did. I did write the script, didn't I? Oh, uh, I didn't know that. I did. I didn't know that. That was. I, did I, I? I didn't see it on Wikipedia. I did. Trevor Capote, you tell me, man. I got I'm no so idea. sorry about this. <laughs> well, okay, I put in the character. I tried to make it more diverse. I'm a pro- oh, pro- progressive person. I see. I did not have anything to do with the casting. Why don't mm. you cast a, an Asian actor? So you had. So those were all the the lines that you wrote. But you thought they would just get an Asian person of to deliver course. them. Of course, it's so I much mean, less if, offensive listen, if you get an Asian person to do it. Don't you think? <laughs> Look, if I if I wrote a character named Catherine who's married to Timothy, mm-hmm. you're probably going to assume they're going to cast a female as Catherine. Yeah, probably. I assume the same thing with my Asian character. Wow. So and it they, really was the casting department that was to blame. Yes. Uh, don't. Yes. Please. Yeah. I was. Terribly offended. Okay, so let's move back over to Selena for just a moment. Uh, now, I would be remiss if I did not bring up okay. the untime your untimely death, yeah. uh, the tragic okay. situation in which you died at the age of twenty three. Fascinating. See. In nineteen ninety, a See. woman named Yolanda Saldivar asked her dad if she could start a fan club for you. See. She then became the president of the fan club, the See. manager of your clothing stores, hey. and also a close family friend. See now. She she eventually embezzles $300,000 from you and your family. You go to her hotel room one night and ask her for the financial records. And again, the only person that was in the room were you and her. So this is is her version of the story. So feel free to correct anything here. Uh, You ask her for the records. She pulls out a gun. You run. Oh, my God. She shoots you in the back. And you run through the hotel. They eventually get you to the hospital, but it nicked an artery, and then you eventually pass away. Now, is that, before I get to any of my questions, is that what happened in the hotel room? Were there any details that Yolanda left out? That was very close, Jared. I appreciate appreciate you for bringing it up. (laughs) But, uh, no, what happened was, you know, Yolanda was embezzling money. Mm-hmm. A good amount of money, mm-hmm. and uh, and I go actually w- to the hotel with my father. Mm-hmm. And oh, your father was there. My father was there, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so uh, to to fire Yolanda, mm-hmm. and uh, and he he walk in and he goes, "How much money are you exactly are you <laughs> taking from me?" Oh no! And I go and I go, "Father, I think you mean for me." And he goes, "Hold on, I'm talking." And okay. he goes, how much, how much are you taking from me? And she looks at her shoes and she goes, Twenty-five thousand dollars. Oh, no. And he goes, did you just say $25,000? Please, please tell me you said $25,000. Look at me in the eye and lie to me and say that you took $25,000 away from me. And she? And she goes, and she goes, no, I cannot lie to you. And he goes, yeah, that's right, because you are lying. Oh no! Because you know how much you're taking from me, three hundred thousand dollars. The price of a gun from me. And he goes, you know, you know, you know what you can get with that money. Oh no! And he pulls out a gun. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh my god! And he, goes, and he goes, I'll save you a trip to the store. Oh no! I brought. Here's the money, and here's a gun for you. And he throws the gun at Yolanda. So he paid himself for a gun that he gave to Yolanda. Your dad was really sticking he to goes, this. He goes, get illness the did he have? fuck out of my life. Wow. If I, you know, if I only I embezzle money here. 
If I need to find an embezzler, I'll look in a pool of my own piss. <laughs> Oh, and my, and my reflection. And my reflection in my own urine. Yeah, okay. In my own urine, urine, Yolanda. You understand that? <laughs> and here's another clue. I'm not paying for the hotel room either, so you're going to have to come up with some money from that that it's not from my daughter. Wow. And Yolanda, Yolanda in rage. And, and then my father goes, all right, Selena, now let's get the shit out of here. <laughs> oh. I'm t- it smells like shit in here from a dirty embezzler. <laughs> And, and I go, and piss. And my dad goes, oh, by the way, here's a little calling card. And he pulls the bl- the first blanket off her bed, pisses all over the <laughs> oh bed. Oh, my God. He goes, you're going to have to pay the cleaner for that. Oh, my maybe, God. Maybe take up transcription work or something like that so wow. you can make some money to, to clean up the piss work. So this woman. And so then, and so then he goes, Selena, beautiful <laughs> Selena, let's get the shit out of this fucking piss opium den. He opens the door. And and Yolanda is standing there pointing a gun at my mm-hmm. father. That he gave the gun her. that he gave the gun her. that he gave her. That's right. The gun that he gave her. <laughs> and he goes, oh, sh- well, Yolanda, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so out. sorry. Uh, please, uh, t- uh, how much money do you want? I promise I'll give you whatever. My- do you want me to drink my own piss? I'll do whatever you want. Take Selena. Take Selena, please. <laughs> and she and and then Yolanda goes. All I want is Selena. And my father goes, oh, fine. And he, he picks up Selena <laughs> oh, and puts no. and puts me in front of mm-hmm. my father. And and then she pulled the trigger. Oh, oh my God. God. Thankfully, I dodged it like the Matrix. Oh. You, you dodged the bullets? I can dodge. From, wow. from years dance. of dancing on stage, I've learned <laughs> my, my body aerobics have, have gotten so good that I'm able to dodge. Did you, did you say like a bitty bitty bum bum? I, I riffed. I knew, I knew, I, I knew the, only thing, the only thing I knew how to get myself out of a tight jam was to bitty bitty bum bum riff. <laughs> so I start dancing, oh bitty bitty bum bum. And I, I, I managed to dodge about five bullets here oh, wow. from Jeez. jumping. She is unloading the clip at you. She was. She, she was. Well, she was just sort of firing aimlessly because she had never fired a gun before. Mm-hmm. And then my, This is the first time she's had a gun. It's the first time. Father, your yeah. father Because my father her. gave her <laughs> around 300,000 Delores. <laughs> <laughs> and a gun. And, you should have known better. And, you really should have, yeah. And Yolanda then, uh, she, she has one more bullet left, and she goes, Father, you better hold Selena, or else I swear to Christ I'm going to come back and kill you one day. And then my father goes, Message received. <laughs> and and holds me stiff, and she, sh- and she and then she shot me in the artery. Wow. In the, right. ar- in the artery. Hold you in the artery. <laughs> Hold you stiff. That's horrible. Wow, what an unbelievable turn so of events. So really, your father is culpable. So your father, he's nowhere in the story. Sure, Nobody he, even saw him. He, sure. should, he should be in jail today. Yeah, he sure. must have just ran out the door after all this happened. Sure. Wow, that Maybe is an unbelievable this story. This was sparking investigations. Yeah. See, well, he, well, he paid off, uh, let's see, the producers at Paramount Pictures. <laughs> oh, no. He paid off the ghostwriter. Hold on a second. So the people that wrote the movie Selena, based on your life, see. starring Jennifer Lopez, see. which which, by the way, what a compliment to have See? Jennifer Lopez cast as See? you. Uh, Beautiful. The writers Very of that movie hot. figured out the truth about your dad, and then your dad paid them off to get them to not put See? that in the movie. Right. They ultimately all did die from gunshot wounds, too, because he had, given them, he, had, he had given them all guns as well. I see, and of and course, so since everybody was dying from gunshots, nobody else really wanted to follow up on it for fear of death. Mm-hmm. Oh, so no. it, my so my story was lost. Except now it's on your podcast. Now everybody Jack. knows the I was true story. Say, this sounds like it could make for a good true crime novel of Selena. Wow, oh, yeah, Truman Capote, you gotta do. And in Cold Blood Two, uh, the Selena. story of Selena's real Selena's death. downfall. Wow. You know what? We we unfortunately we, we have to wrap up very quickly. Um, oh. Jerry. You know? And so, uh, so if so, let's say let's just all agree that sure. Truman Capote will write okay. his next book will be the true story of Selena's death in Cold Blood Two. Selena's downfall in cool in Cold Blood Dose. See Selena's si. Selena's Gracias. downfall. And now here's the thing: some people have said Truman Capote that you made up some of the things in Cold Blood. Will you promise oh, that will shit. only be the truth in this version in, in Cold Blood? Dose? Now that we know the truth, mm-hmm. it'll be completely factual. A hundred percent. You promised Truman oh, Capote. Oh, you have my word. I'm gonna hold you to this. My Scouts word. Honor my here. best word. Because they said that you just put in some things in Cold Blood Who that just they? never happened. A lot but, of people criticize oh, you for this. Please. Yeah. Jealous. Yeah, so you're saying that In Cold Blood, the first one, is also 100% true. Sure. Okay, if you say so. It was a hit. (laughs) 
<laughs> That's as much truth as we need. Exactly. So yeah. Print the legend, Jared. Print the legend. Print the legend. As I said, unfortunately, that is all the time we have for this week's episode. I'd like to thank my guests, Sherman Capote and Selena Perez, for joining me in the studio today. Thank you. Uh, final question. I know it's a little weird. Do either of you have any uh, podcasts or comedy shows or Twitter accounts that you're really big fans of that you want to tell people about? Um, yes. uh, Selena, anything you want to tell people about? Yes, Jared. I would like to plug a very special show called First Impressions at the Chelsea Music Hall on January 21st. It's going to be Jan Trowbridge, Yoni Lotan, and Taylor Ortega, uh, who was recently in the Kim Possible live-action movie. Oh, wow. And they're putting on a three-person uh, character a dating show, like Singled Out. You remember mm. Singled Out? I remember Singled My Out. So it's going to be nearly identical to Singled <laughs> Out, and it's going to be very fun. It's going to have a bunch of your favorite New York City comedians in it. And a famous celebrity singled guest. Ooh. So please come to that. It'll Check be it beautiful. Out. And, and uh, hang out with the cast afterwards, Jared. Sherman Capote, anything you want to oh. tell about? Yes, I, I love a radio show. It's right here on Radio Free Brooklyn. It's every Monday night from 10 until midnight. It's called The Next Best Thing. And it's hosted by Jonathan B. Lerner. And it's also a podcast. So when I miss the live episodes, I can listen to it as a podcast. Sounds awesome. Go check that stuff out. Um, I am, of course, your host, Jared Berenstein. You can check out all my stuff at jaredberenstein.com. Buy my book, The Kelly and Conway Technique. Rate and review the podcast. If you're listening to this on radio, go find the podcast, rate and review. Also, you got to come check out my improv team is retiring. And so if you want to come check out my improv team, Junior Varsity, we've been together for 12 years. Our final shows are going to be every Thursday in January 2019 at 7 p.m. at the Magnet Theater. you got to come check out those shows. Hit us up at FamousDeadPeople at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org. We are here every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Thank you.